hello and welcome to episode 43 of the False Start Podcast. My name is Kayla Hamill and joining us today is our co-host, Justin Ramos. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. It's playoff time. Yeah. It's finally here. We are finally faced with only having, what, 18 more games left in the season? Uh, basically, yeah. So, maybe less than that. Wait, four plus four plus two plus one is what? Four plus four is eight plus two is ten plus one is eleven. Eleven. I overshot with 18. You did. You shot by, overshot by seven. Yeah, that's true. I'm bad at math. Actually, that's not true. I'm pretty good at math. I just am bad at addition today. So we're going to talk about the recent coaching firings, I guess not so recent at this point, seeing as how Black Monday really didn't happen this year. No, it happened on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's the first time in the NFL where the teams just decided to get rid of everybody. During games? Yeah, before Monday morning, before midnight on the last day of regular season football, which was interesting. Because I definitely thought there were going to be a few more dominoes to fall, like maybe Sean Payton in New Orleans. Yeah, I thought the Sean Payton thing was actually a thing that might happen. And there was always the possibility of Marvin Lewis either stepping down or leaving in Cincinnati. It looks like that position is safe. Also, the Lions came out today and said that Jim Caldwell was safe as their head coach, yeah. which I thought was ironic seeing as how he made the playoffs. So I don't think people were really doubting whether they were going to bring him back, but thanks for clarifying. Um, yeah, were there any other names that you would consider to be on the hot seat this year? Not oh. anymore. I've pretty much got him all got him out of a job. You did. You did yeah. pretty well this season. <laughs> I did. Uh, I know Marvin Lewis is going to be your hot button for next year. Oh, yeah, he will be. And um, I started off not quite liking Mike McCarthy with the Packers. And I, don't, I still don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers' talent that has gotten the Packers back where they are or the coaching of Mike McCarthy. But you have to say that that defense has done a pretty decent job. When you win six games in a row, yeah. your defense can't be flat awful. No, it's not too bad. And I, Mike McCarthy, for me, was never on my my list, my radar for coach firings yet. If maybe he missed the playoffs this year and next year or cause Aaron I Rodgers, can see that. Yeah. Or Aaron Rodgers as well. Has, doesn't have a very good postseason record. He has a ring. Right. But as far as wins and losses go, it's, I, it's, I think it's pretty even. Yeah. I, I think so too. It's, well, you have to say throughout the years that the NFC has been the harder track. Oh, yeah. The NFC is the SEC of, of <laughs> the NFL. They just beat up on each other. Yeah. The NFC has, in the past, been the conference of the great defense. Oh, the great teams. Yeah. You have the great defenses of Seattle, Carolina a couple of years ago. Right. The Bears, who the, went to the Super Bowl against the Colts. Right. Um, so yeah, you have all, you had Green Bay, who was always hot. The Ravens. The Ravens. Well, the Ravens are right, AFC. Sorry, yeah, that's right. They yeah. played against the Niners, who had a good defense that year. Yeah, the Niners. When they were, went to the Super Bowl. The, when they went to the Super, they had a good offense the Giants, and a good defense. The both Giants. Both years, the Giants went. Right. They went with their defense. Right. And they could go again because of their defense. Right. Right. Um, and we will get to the playoff bracket in a minute. But keeping on talking about the recent coach firings 
um, we have a list of the offensive and defensive coordinators in the league right now, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite choices to fill in the head coaching head coaching vacancies that happened. Uh, I guess we should announce that Gary Kubiak stepped down from the Denver Broncos. That was something that really surprised me. I thought if any coach was going to step down due to health concerns, it was going to be Bruce Arians, who had some heart trouble this season. But um, Kubiak had health issues as well. He had to miss a game, too. Right. He has a migraine issue, which had him miss a game last year and this year. Right. So I I can understand that. I just didn't know if it was... I, I know this is bad to say. I didn't know it was that serious and uh i'm really glad that he's going to take care of himself he's choosing to walk away from the stress and that is very understandable but now we're putting uh john elway in a position of looking for another head coach while he's possibly looking for another quarterback yeah but the kubiak thing's interesting because in all seriousness no he's stepping down because of his health good for him he should take care of himself Right. But did we ever think that Kubiak was that good of a coach? Or did he inherit just a good team? Well, there had to be a reason that John Elway stepped away from John Fox. Because the Broncos were going to the playoffs. And they went to the Super Bowl under John Fox. And they went to the Super Bowl under John Fox and as well. And when they went to the Super Bowl against the Panthers, it was because of the defense. Now, don't we? do we think that's because of Gary Kubiak? Or do we think it's because of Wade Phillips? Wade Phillips. Um, I mean, because Gary Kubiak he coached the Texans before he went to, to the Broncos. That's true. Uh, he was also with the Ravens. Yeah. Two, two teams that are known for their defense that have, yeah, built, but he wasn't, that have, but that he have wasn't, acquired right. defensive players over the years. But he wasn't the head coach, was he? Was he just the defensive coordinator? That is a good question. It, was it, was it Harbaugh sure. and Kubiak? Oh, yeah, I think so. Harbaugh and Kubiak and the Ravens? Yeah. And then Kubiak got the Houston job because of his work with the right. Ravens. And I think then Dean Pease went from New England to be the defensive coordinator for right. the Ravens. So, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see him not being a dynamic enough coach, especially when you have a personality that's as strong as John Elway. Sure. And he definitely has a vision for this team. He's a general manager that's in the news. He he I think he enjoys being talked about. I think he's he the en- Jerry Jones of the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does I think he has one of the biggest management personalities out there. Right. And um Maybe that he's looking for someone to recruit Tony Romo. I don't know. If Tony Romo's the hot free agent get this season, which he very well might be, yeah. there are a few others that are going to be on the table, like Alshon Jeffrey from the Chicago Bears is a possibility. Tyra Taylor um, may be one as well. Tyra Taylor's on the table. Especially after all the things I said about him today. <laughs> right. He had surgery today. For his groin issue. For, for his injury, which right. means that the Bills are on the hook for paying him um, money that was set aside in his agreement about injuries. So uh, he is going to make some more money from Buffalo. Whether they keep him around is, is something else entirely. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some very interesting free agents coming forward. Uh, possibly Kirk Cousins, if uh, Washington doesn't sign Jimmy Garoppolo, him. is he a free agent or is he still under I contract? I believe he's a free agent. 
Okay. I think this conversation is coming with him, and that is something that I want to talk about when we place these offensive and defensive coordinators in head coaching positions. And yes, I know, guys, there are other coaches out there, linebackers coaches and special teams coaches that do get the nod to be a head coach, but just to make things easier on the both of us, we're just going to pick from offensive and defensive coordinators, some of which had head coaching experience in the past. Right. Let's go. Uh, let's one so, about the Rams first. The first one that I have is the Rams. They are okay. the first team to um, get rid of their head coach, I believe. They got rid of Fisher before, before the Jacks got rid of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, the Rams are looking for, I know they're looking for offense, but I don't think the head coach necessarily has to be that push. They can go after another offensive coordinator, I believe, that's out there in the league. But I like, and I've looked at this list and looked at this list, I like Jim Schwartz, who is now the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, to be the next head coach of the Rams. I think um, this defense of the Rams is already good. Let's push it to be great. Jim Schwartz was a great defensive mind when he was the head coach for the Detroit Lions. He has really helped this Philadelphia Eagles defense, although you can say that was going to happen anyway with the absence of Chip Kelly. Yeah. And they're, they're not on the field that much. Right. But I think one of the biggest parts of why Philadelphia was so good in the beginning of the year was because of that defense helping the rookie quarterback. So if you bring in a talent such as Jim Schwartz, I think that really bolsters the team. And then they can look for an offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach elsewhere to bring Jared Goff and Todd Gurley up to speed. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to differ. I do think they need to bring in an offensive guy for their head coach okay. because the defense is already set and taught well. Okay. So now you just need to bring in a, a defense because I think they had to clean house. With their coordinators and everybody. All right. I think it's a start over. Yeah. In, in, in that LA. makes sense. Yeah. So you can bring in a defensive coordinator that that's, you know, just just that can get you to continue to be where you are defensively because they're already good. They just not need to stay healthy. So I'm picking Josh McDaniels to go to the Rams, a guy that basically knows Tom Brady in and out, who helped Jimmy Garoppolo get to where he is, which is basically in a good position to be a good free agent. I don't know. The Rams gave up a lot to go get Jared Goff. Do you ditch him after a year? No, no, no. Josh McDaniels can. I think Josh McDaniels can help Jared Goff because you need somebody oh, okay. to. Okay. You need some using the experience that he yes, gave to Jimmy of, Garoppolo, of not Jimmy Garoppolo. bringing. No, Jimmy no, no, no. no. Okay. You have Josh McDaniels who has okay. the experience of working with Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. You bring him over there because you are married to Jared Goff. Right. That's that's the position you're in. That's true. So you need somebody that can basically quarterback whisper this kid to be a starting quarterback in the league. Right. And I don't know if there's any coordinators out there right now that have better experience at doing that. Yeah, there there might be. Josh McDaniels is is has his influence in New England has been second only to Bill Belichick. Uh, Charlie Weiss was a great coordinator, I believe, and then Bill O'Brien was a great coordinator, but Tom Brady's had the best offenses of his career under Josh McDaniels, right. and that's because they design plays that help a very uh, stoic 
quarterback, one that needs to be pocket protected, right, and one is, that thrives off of the screen. Which is probably which sounds a lot to me like what Jared Goff needs right now. And that could yeah. very well be the quarterback that Jared Goff uh, is growing into. Sure. So that would definitely help. Um, I think that Josh McDaniels is a great fit in San Francisco. And I think he is because he's definitely going to have to draft a lot of people because San Francisco is hurting in many different areas, considering all the people that they lost to retirement and all the young talent that stepped away in their early 20s um, due to concussion issues. They right. had a couple players that decided right. to, to leave the game. So San Francisco got slammed pretty hard before Chip Kelly even walked into the building. And then you have him trying to run his offense through the the quarterback that they started with, Blaine Gabbert. That didn't work out. So they had to put Colin Kaepernick back in amid all the protests and everything else that was going on. And he really wasn't able to get anything going with that team. So there's a high possibility that Gabbert and Kaepernick are either cut or released, or traded, or essentially gotten rid of in San Francisco. Because if Jed York already cleaned house of Tread Bulky um, and Chip Kelly, what's to say he's not going to do that with his quarterbacks as well? Right. It could be a complete and utter restart, like three-year process. Right. So... My idea is that Josh McDaniels is a good fit in this situation because he can bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They have had a great rapport for those first two games of the season, and we've seen Garoppolo in the preseason. Um, had Josh McDaniels had to design entire game plans in the preseason for Garoppolo. So... They have worked together. They have experience together. And maybe McDaniels can throw some things in there that helps a young quarterback that has a little bit more movement and has different talents than Tom Brady. But I definitely think that the the ticket of McDaniels and Garoppolo is one that is attractive to the NFL to try to get both to come over. So that's why I think Josh McDaniels is a better fit um, in well, San Niners, Francisco right. than in Los Angeles. I can see that. I can definitely see that. But uh, my 49ers pick, since you brought up the Niners, yeah. um, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. you got to completely restart this offense. Yep. It's it's nothing worked under Gabbert, nothing worked under Kaepernick. Um since his dad is no longer accepting jobs. Right. Um, and is basically saying, hey, hire my son instead. Essentially. That's, yeah. that's his, his radio tour right now. Is, right. Please hire my son. Right. So I'm thinking Kyle Shanahan. He's done a very, he's done, he's done an amazing job in Atlanta. He has. That that team is completely different from last year. Right. And that's getting yeah. free agent uh, Alex Mack at center. Right. It's calming Matt Ryan down into right. being able to, hey, it's okay to hand off and run the ball. You know, right. you don't and have he, to throw it to Julio all the time. Right. But he he built the offense a smart way. He built it around that offensive line. Right. And then they already had Julio Jones and Matt Ryan already there. They already had most of the weapons there. But then you add, who's the guy they brought in? Muhammad uh, Sanu. Muh- Muhammad Sanu, thank you. They, he, so he knows how to build an offense. Right. I think he'll have to bring somebody in defensively 
to help with the Niners because across the board they're a mess. Right. But I'm picking Kyle Shanahan to be the head coach for the Niners. Yeah, I I like Kyle Shanahan a lot. Uh, I like him in Denver. Uh, you're talking about another That's team good. That's a that good needs yeah. an offensive restart, Cause right? Already, yeah, because they already have Wade Phillips on the on the defensive side. So let's go through what Denver's been working with the last few years. You had a Peyton Manning who was obviously hit by Father Time. You had Brock Osweiler who stepped in and was serviceable. Um, living off that defense, but was able to win games through the air if he had to. Right. And then you have Trevor Simeon, who was a seventh-round draft pick, who was thrust into the starting job after Mark Sanchez was decided not to be the right fit in that system. Which is a good choice, and it worked for a while. It did. Until he got hurt. Until the offensive line started to break down again, and the running backs started to disappear. Well, they lost their running back, didn't they? Right. There were a lot of injuries to their running backs, but Demarius Thomas has disappeared over the last couple years. Yes, he has. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is still a great threat, and I do think Demarius Thomas is one of the best in the game. So these weapons are out there for a quarterback to find, and that quarterback may be Tony Romo. Because you have, you still have that great defense. If you can keep the offense on the field a little bit longer to extend their drives, make sure that defense is fresh and healthy. That's much better for Denver, especially considering their their emerging division now. That's much more difficult than it was in the past few years. So if you get Kyle Shanahan to come in, revamp this offense, maybe get Tony Romo, who, um he has experience with i believe kyle shanahan worked with washington is that right Uh, yes before jay got there okay so um he's seen tony romo before being within the same division for a few years so he has experience with that and i don't know if the cowboys played the falcons last year i think they might have But, um, yes, the Cowboys did play the Falcons last year. So he's seen Tony Romo before. So I think if that's a direction that John Elway wants to go in, you take an offensive-minded head coach, and you take a free agent quarterback that's going to help your defense, and you definitely go after another ring before you have to pay all this money because it's coming down the pipeline. Like a year or two, it's going to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is – it might be like love at first sight. But I'm picking Jim Bob Cooter to go to Denver. Yeah, he's a great choice. I mean, he 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 was there when Peyton Manning was in Indy. Yes. You see him now with Matthew Stafford. Oh, he pushed the reset button on Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he did. And turned him into a, a couple of weeks ago when they were on the roll, an MVP talking point. Right. Right. So you have all that. So I'm thinking that Jim Bob Cooter can restart that offense. Yeah, I think so too. I think that he is definitely a prospect out there. I don't know um, if maybe he's a little too soon on the radar. Like he hasn't proven himself just yet. Right. This like is this, his first full season. Right. Like this just might be like, oh, he's good. Let's right. take him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's shiny. It's new. It's, yes, it's exactly. in the news. Um, yeah, I could see that. But uh, I, I really like that choice, and I think he's going to get a shot. Um, like I said, Jim Caldwell is, is already guaranteed to be the head coach for the Lions the next year in 2017. So 
if Matthew Stafford has another great season, possibly his name is out there. And um, it could be thrown around for for teams that are still looking. And maybe one of those teams is the Cincinnati Bengals at that point. Maybe. So we'll have to see. Who's your pick for the Jags? My pick for the Jags is Tom Coughlin. Mine too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still not going to let this go. No, Tom Coughlin makes so much they sense. They need discipline. They need discipline. The last time they were relevant was when he was coaching them right. back in the early days before he went to New York. And, so, and he can do it. Tom Coughlin has taken teams to the Super Bowl. He has. I don't know if they're going to keep that quarterback. That is that is a great possibility that Blake Bortles has to find a, another gig. Yeah, So, but no, I, I like Tom Coughlin a lot for the Jags. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that he brings that that balance of grizzled uh disciplinarian with the idea of a balanced team i think that he is a defensive first coach um like i said when they when they went to the super bowls they had these great defenses but you can't ignore the work of Eli Manning to stabilize what the Giants were able to do. Right. So if he can bring in just a quarterback that's stable, one that doesn't throw a pick six every game, that would be a great help to Jacksonville to make some headway in a division that's flat terrible. Right. You can that anyone can jump ahead at any point. Right. Right. And especially since the Colts have no interest in apparently getting rid of Chuck Pagano or Ryan Grigson right. at general manager. Or helping out Andrew Luck in any way at all. Right. Yeah. they got to drop some offensive line. Yeah. And this is not a good year for offensive linemen, so. That is true. So it's going to be uh Got to go tough. get some free agents if they're out there. So what's left on our list? The Bills? The Bills are left, and. So this might upset you. Okay. I have two choices for the Bills. All right. One of them is Mike Smith. Uh, I like him. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defensive coordinator. I, I had him. Uh, on my list, and then I scratched him out. Or Matt Patricia. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I don't know how they do it. I We always say this about the Patriots. Yep. I don't know how they do it, but the defense, no matter what, seems to be sneakily good. It's Plug not, and play. Yeah, it's not good. But they come up with the plays when they need to come up with the plays. Well, they're the best scoring defense yeah. in the league. It's a very, it's a bend and don't break defense. Defense where yards don't matter. Uh, Belichick has always said that yards allowed is one of the most useless stats in the league. Which yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but the game is won or lost on points. It's right. not won or lost on yards. So he does have a point. Yeah, he does. I mean, I like Mike Smith more because he has head coaching experience. That is true. As opposed to Patricia, so Mike Smith would be my first choice. Yeah, and you also got to think how much is Patricia and how much is Belichick. Sure. If you take Patricia away from Belichick, you could probably you could say that a lot about a lot of people in in New England. That is true because Romeo Cornell left, and Josh McDaniels left and, at one point, and Josh McDaniels left at one point. Charlie Weiss left at one point. A bunch of players leave at one point, and no seems to do as well when they're right. not in New England. So I'm, I'm really interested at one point when Tom Brady is not a Patriot, he's somebody else. That's not going to happen. I know it won't happen, <laughs> but I want to experiment with it. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but the only team I think Tom Brady would leave the Patriots for ever is the 49ers. 
Oh, just to be like his his. That's his, his idol. idol. Yeah, you know that was his team growing up. Um, that's the only team I can see him leaving for. But yeah, so I see Mike Smith going to the Bills because I think the Bills want to be a defensive team, and they try so hard. They do with Rex Ryan, and Rex Ryan always tries to be this defensive guy. I don't think he actually is, because they're allowing 500 yards a game. That was bad. It, fe- it feels like that might have been Rob's fault, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I don't. I think they want to be. I think they're built to be. I just think they're coached incompetently. So you put a guy like Mike Smith in there who pretty much handled himself very well in Atlanta until they ran into personnel issues. Right. I think that may have been more of a GM thing than a coaching thing. Possibly. And now you see what he's done with the Bucks. Although uh, I do like Dimitrioff. Yeah, Dimitrioff is a thing. <laughs> he came from New England. I know he did. <laughs> um, and now you see what he done with he's done with the Bucks, who have a pretty good defense. Yes, I think the Bucks are going to be great moving forward. Yeah, I do too. Unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I pick. I'm picking Mike Smith to go to the Bills. All right. That discipline in there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, the GM of the Bills gave the most perplexing press conference a few days ago about how he wasn't notified that Rex Ryan was going to be fired and even if he was notified that he can't do anything about it because it's the owner's decision so that was really weird right as an owner you should probably talk to your GM about firing your head coach and get him up to speed because it just leaves people questioning what the general manager is doing which is something else entirely However, I think the Bills really like Anthony Lynn. I think moving him to offensive coordinator was one of the best things that they did this season. Their offense changed dramatically, I believe. Tyrod Taylor might not be the best quarterback in the league, but I think he's... He was pretty good. I don't think he's coming back, though. Uh, that's true. I think the owner might have uh, pissed him off. He may burn that bridge to right. the ground. Yeah. Um, but LaShawn McCoy is a great threat that they right. got from the Chip Kelly fallout. And Sammy Watkins has got to stay healthy. I mean, he he's the Gronk of the Bills, where he just can't stay on the field. But when he's there, he makes such an impact. So I think the Bills do have weapons on offense that are... Um, capable of winning that of not necessarily winning the division because New England is always going to win twelve games. So you have to win more than twelve games if you want to win the division. But the, the wild card is there for them, and right. I thought they were going to get it this year. They were close. And, at some point, they were close. Yeah, but they just weren't there. So if Anthony Lynn can turn this into an offensive based team, maybe that that helps you go toe to toe with some of the offenses and um, it's just who scores more points. And then um, I know this wasn't on our list, but because it's been discussed, Anthony Lynn is linking himself with Gus Bradley and wants Anthony Lynn wants to be a head coach and take Gus Bradley as his defensive coordinator. The best way to, to have that happen is to go to Buffalo who fired their head coach and defensive coordinator. Sure. So I think that's going to work wonders. Anthony Lynn can be a head coach slash um, 
offensive coordinator, bring someone in to be an assistant offensive coordinator, and I think the Bills will be set. Okay. Because Gus Bradley did have a great defense in Jacksonville. They just they lacked a little bit of discipline, which the Bills have lacked discipline for years now under Rex Ryan. But I think Gus Bradley is a another player's coach, just like Rex, but maybe his style can be a little bit different and get them over that hump. Okay, I agree. So now that we fixed the the teams that aren't in the playoffs, let's determine who's going to stay By in the, way, the playoffs. I should only stress that my strong suit is knowing who to fire, not who to hire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if any of our guesses are right. Probably not. Probably not. No. But it was fun anyway. All right. So who are we talking about first? What AFC or NFC? We are going to talk about... Let's talk about the six seeds, right? Since it's technically yeah. the first games. Let's go um, six seeds and move up. Okay, so... Let's start with the Dolphins at the Steelers. Yeah, it's the first game. Uh, this game... No, it's not. Um, well, it is the first game on Sunday. It is. Okay, yeah. So this game is taking place in Pittsburgh, uh, where it's going to be pretty cold, less than 40 degrees. Yes, rematch, rematch of an earlier game, but this time it's in Pittsburgh. Yes, the game they played earlier this year did take place in Miami. It was Ryan Tannehill versus Ben Roethlisberger slash Landry Jones yes. because that was the game in which Roethlisberger sustained his knee injury and therefore was in, unable to play against New England the following week. So, um, this was also the invention of the Jay Ajayi train essentially. Yeah, this, this was started. his one of his debut weeks. This is when the this is when the role started, I believe, right? Yeah, this is when Miami became the playoff contender that they obviously were and now are. Um however, the big difference from that game to this game is the quarterback position. Um like so many teams in the playoffs right now that are hurting at the quarterback position, Miami is is one of those. Yeah. Uh Ryan Tannehill is not able to start in this game. He has not been able to return to practice. So Matt Moore is getting the start. Uh I think it is important to note that Matt Moore is somewhere like four and one or five and one in games under forty degrees in his career. So he has um, excelled in cold weather games, which is something that I think Ryan Tannehill has lacked over which his is interesting career. Because he's, he used to be the quarterback of, of the Panthers before he went to the Dolphins. So I'm wondering where he played his cold games at. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. It must have yeah, been on the road. Maybe. But, but um, uh, are we both picking the Steelers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's any way that the Dolphins come out of this game with a win. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is healthy for a playoff game for the first time in his career, Antonio which Brown's is crazy to, to right. think about. Um, ben Roethlisberger's healthy. The Steelers are going to be loaded and healthy yeah. for the first time in a really long time in the playoffs. The defense is looking better every week. Yeah, the, the defense has definitely meshed and uh, is playing better, and they were able to stop the Ravens just enough a few weeks ago to clinch their their division win. And you have to wonder what Ben Roethlisberger were going to get in this game. Because in that Ravens game in particular, he threw two pretty awful interceptions. Yeah, sure. 
Um, but then you have... He turned it on in the fourth quarter, though. Yeah, but then you have the guy that comes back in the fourth quarter. He doesn't miss a pass, and he's making all these great decisions and direct being a field general. So which Ben Roethlisberger are we going to get, and does that really matter against a team like Miami who struggles in different areas of the game? Um, I do think Jarvis Landry versus Antonio Brown is a great matchup that I'm interested in watching, and I am hoping that Ndamukong Sue stays under control for this game because he um, had some questionable run-ins when he played the Patriots last week. So I'm hoping that he is okay and is not up to the antics that we've seen before from him against Aaron Rodgers and a few other players that um, he has a history with. So I'm definitely picking the Steelers to win this game. They have the home field advantage. Um, And even if they didn't, Steelers fans travel well anyway. And I think that this team is is very good. I think the Steelers pose one of the only threats to the um, AFC title for the the Patriots, I think. Agreed. So the next sixth seed is the tr- Detroit Lions, who are going into Seattle to play the Seahawks, who currently have the third seed in the NFC. Uh, this game is taking place on Saturday night on NBC and it's the matchup of Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson um last year I believe was the year of the Kelvin Johnson batted ball out of the end zone yes that was at the end of the the beginning of the year yes yeah where the Lions could have gone on a roll if they would have won that game and then it didn't happen it all fell apart and it's they have an interesting history these these two teams although it's not Packers Seahawks which have way more history sure uh, which it could have been so is it fair to say that Matthew Stafford is struggling to complete a pass at this point with that finger injury it's it's I think it's bothering him yeah but um I, I'm pick, I, I mean I'm picking the Seahawks for this game I mean I was riding with the Lions until the end but um. I don't see them winning in Seattle. It's too hostile of an environment, even though they are injured. Right. With with their defense. And Russell Wilson just can't seem to stay consistent right now. That is true. The Seahawks are not the same team they were, in, yeah. in December that we have seen in recent years. Yeah, they, they, they've changed completely since they beat New England. Right. Is when I, I feel like they started to teeter off there. And then once they lost... Um, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. So... I think this would actually be a pretty close game. I can see Detroit winning, but I'm picking Seattle to win. Yeah, that's I see that. Um, Seattle has won nine straight home games in the playoffs. It's the longest streak in the NFL um, because New England can't beat the Ravens in the playoffs for whatever reason. Um, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, when they are both on the field, they held opposing quarterbacks to a 32% uh, passer rating. And Seattle is top five in scoring defense. Uh, but their weakness is that they have ranked 23rd or worse in rushing yards per game. And I don't know if the Lions have that strong of a, of a run. No, they don't. At this point. No, they don't. So 
if they can't attack where Seattle's weakest, it's going to be very difficult for them to go on the road, especially after playing a huge game against the Packers. Yes. And now you have to play on Saturday. Uh, it's just a big task. And I'm picking Seattle to win. Um, Matt Stafford at one point was doing great. And then, like so many other quarterbacks this year, they got injured and the season has seemed to collapse in on itself. Yes. Which is very disappointing for, for Detroit fans. So the next game to talk about is the Oakland Raiders at the Houston Texans. Do we have to talk about this game? Uh, I guess so. Um, if you, see, if you enjoy Connor Cook. Connor Cook versus Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Um, I'm picking the Raiders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because I'm picking the Texans. You are okay. I've, I, having watched Connor Cook play in in, in college, I think he can put it together. Uh, he was a very good college quarterback. And the fact that he's going up against a dumpster fire that is Brock Osweiler. That is true. Um, this is why I question Connor Cook. Um, it might not seem like it because their offense is very anemic, but the Texans do have the number one defense in the league. Um, they have been very good at yards allowed and points allowed, and that is a positive for them when the quarterback position has been a huge negative for them. So I think that Bill O'Brien wanted to go with Tom Savage, but because of the concussion, he wasn't unable to, so Brock Osweiler is getting the start. And I think the Texans have lucked out big time by getting the Raiders in their house instead of the Chiefs because the Chiefs would have run all over them just like they did last year. I am picking the Texans because they have the home field advantage. Um, Brock Osweiler has the more experience. Um, whether that accounts for much at this point, I don't know. But no, he at he has least no, he, has the he's experience. He's got no confidence. I don't think he's got anything. He's played in the playoffs before, so he knows how to win playoff games, although he was unseated for Peyton Manning to come in. But um, Brock Osweiler does have the lowest passer rating in 2016 among all playoff quarterbacks. That's not good. And But the Texans are 7-1 and one at home in 2016. And like I said, they have the number one total defense. So, and Jadavian County has had a full year. I yeah. think he's going to be a, a big a big proponent for them. Although Cleo Mack on the other side for the Raiders, he has really come on strong for the second half of the year. Yes. It's going to be interesting. I think very low scoring, um, but I'm taking the Texans to finally win a playoff game, which would put them squarely in New England where things aren't going to end well. Okay. The next game on our list is the New York Giants at the Green Bay Packers, a matchup that has haunted me as a Patriots fan in the past because the Packers and the Giants have a history in the playoffs and the Packers have a history of losing home playoff games to the Giants. They've done so in 2007 and 2011, two years that Patriots fans know well because the Giants ended up in the Super Bowl. So, uh, I know all Patriots fans out there are asking the Packers to do them a huge favor and win this game because the Giants, I believe, are one of the few teams that pose a threat to the Dallas Cowboys, um, the other team being the Atlanta Falcons, but we'll get into that next week. 
the Packers are hurting at corner. They lost a lot of players against that game to the against the game that they played against the Lions. Lions right. Uh, there was a lot of injuries um, all over the place, but it seemed mostly to end up on the Packers sideline. The Giants, on the other hand, have been looking pretty anemic the last couple weeks. They played Philadelphia on a Thursday night game and lost. And then they played Washington in a game in which they won, but there wasn't that much offense scored. And yes, you can say that they didn't have much to play for because they were locked into the the fifth seed anyway. And they did just enough to keep the rival... Um, Washington out of the playoffs, which you can say they they completed their task. So New York has been a different team in recent weeks, but the big part of their victories has been their defense. Uh, their corners have done really well. Their their safeties have done well, but I still think you can run the ball on them, and it's all a question of which Eli Manning is going to show up to play is are we going to get the one on Thursday night who threw interceptions and didn't look sharp are we going to get the one against the Cowboys who did not make mistakes and instead was able to uh, put just enough points on the board to win what was essentially a defensive battle uh, this game has given me headaches it's very I hard. can tell you're talking around it <laughs> it is very hard for me to pick um, but Like I said earlier this year, it was hard for me to pick against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and I know he's going to have to carry that defense, but I think he is going to be able to do that in this game. So I am picking the the red-hot Aaron Rodgers to win this game based on um, his skill alone and essentially have an offensive duel with Eli Manning and Odell Beckham. Okay, I'm picking the opposite. I'm picking the Giants. Um, Eli Manning has a different tone. He's not as inconsistent when he's in the playoffs. He has that is true. He basically has ice flowing through his veins <laughs> when it comes to the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, doesn't have that great of a record in the playoffs. Yeah, even at home, he's lost to Colin Kaepernick and and the Niners back when they made their Super Bowl run. Right. So I'm picking the Giants. I'm picking the Giants with that good defense, with that secondary that they have to keep Aaron Rodgers at bay and Jordy Nelson at bay if the corners, you know, follow their defensive coordinator's plans and don't go rogue. Yeah. Like other secondaries we know in the league. Yep. I'm I'm picking Odell Beckham Jr. to have to to dance all over that beaten up secondary. That is true. You got to shut him down somehow. And I don't see how they're going to do that with with the injuries they have. Right. He can catch it from 50 yards out, score a touchdown, or he can catch it from five yards out and score a touchdown. Right. So I know they have a mediocre at best running game in New York. That is true. Um, But I don't think you need a running game to beat Green Bay. Yeah, I know it's it goes be... against all the playoff rules, yeah. right? Yeah. You need to have a strong running game, and you need to have a good defense. They have one of them. They so have a good defense. They have a good defense, but they don't have the running game. But, but they're they playing ha- a team that... that has no secondary. Right. Right. So, so you got to throw the ball anyway. Right. So yeah, I'm picking New York. I'm picking New York to go up against. Basically, I'm guessing since my bracket is, I'm picking the the Giants to go into into Dallas because they are going to be the five seed. And I'm picking the Seahawks to win, which means it'll be 
the Seahawks at the Falcons, and the Giants at the Cowboys. That's a very interesting NFC. That's a very different M- NFC than I have. Right. Cool. Because you have the Packers and you and Packers winning and the Seahawks winning. So you have the Packers going to the Cowboys. Right. And the and the Seahawks going to the Falcons. So we're only switching one. Right. And then on the other side, I have the Texans going into New England, which I think will be Vince Wilfork's last game at uh, Foxborough. Right. However, I was always looking forward to the Raiders playing New England in the snow. So if that happens, bring it on. Yeah, you don't care anyways. But so you have so we both have the Steelers going against the Chiefs. Right. But um, we have difference. I have the Raiders going to the Patriots instead of the, the Texans. Right. All right. So. It's going to be two days of playoff football, Saturday and Sunday. We are definitely excited to watch all of that and get down to who's going to make it to the divisional round. So a few weeks left, guys, and then there's no more football for a very long time. Yay, unless you like, Unless you like free agency and the draft and stuff, which uh, has been growing on me over the years. Usually with the offseason, I, I tune out and then watch the regular season. I think it was that year that you just sat down and watched the draft for the whole day. The year that, yes, that I had no job. Yeah, the year of unemployment. And I watched the combine. Yeah. 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 That was weird. But (laughs) I'm into it now. So it's going to be a fun ride, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. If you are looking forward to more False Start podcast content, that will come in future Thursdays down the road. But if you have an itch to listen to our past episodes, they are located on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. They are also available on our website, falsestartpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at falsestartpod or on Facebook at falsestartpodcast. You can find me on Twitter at Kayla Hamill. That's K-A-Y-L-A-H-A-M-E-L. You can find Justin on Twitter at Ramos or his podcast, The Last Take Podcast. Podcast at Last Take Podcast on Twitter and all your fine podcast establishments. Would you like to tell the listeners about your show? Yes. Uh, Last Take Podcast, it's a movie and TV show podcast. We come out every Friday uh, this week, coming out tomorrow since this is coming out Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah, so coming out tomorrow, Friday, is our brand first episode of the year. So we are recapping the year that was... In movies, top 10 movies of 2016. Oh, that's fun. We have the return of uh, co-founder and co-host Stephen Kodigas back on the show. Yay! To talk our top 10 movies. So check that out. That'll be out on Friday. Sounds good. That's going to be a fun list. There were, there were some very good movies out really this good year. From, this is a really good movie for a year for movies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. It's I'm definitely going to be listening to that one. Deadpool did not make my list. <gasps> now I am shocked and dismayed <laughs> and I'm no longer listening. That's a joke. I will definitely be listening. (laughs) So, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. Like I said, listen to us every Thursday moving forward throughout our playoff edition. And as always, there are only two seasons in this world. Football season and not football season. Goodbye. Goodbye.